Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Mind Shifters Radio with the Forgiveness Doctor, Dr. Michael Rice. I'm Jeannie Rice, your co-host. We also have co-hosts Dr. Tim Hayes and Michelle Pichet. We will share with you the wisdom of the first century Aramaic internal process of forgiveness. We offer tools and support five days a week. We will support you in building a solid foundation within yourself to live in pure love in Aramaic, Brachma. Michael is the author of the book, Why Is This Happening to Me Again? For more information about the forgiveness process, please visit www.whyagain.org. And now, welcome to the show, Mind Shifters Radio. Hello and welcome to Mind Shifters Radio. I'm Tim Hayes. I'm your host for the first hour. And today is Monday, July 17th, 2023. As always, we're grateful to everyone who's joining us here today, whether you're listening live or through the archives, as we spend another couple of hours teaching and supporting people in using some of the most powerful, effective, efficient, and accessible tools I've ever encountered These tools are available absolutely free through the tireless efforts of Dr. Michael and Jeannie Rice on the website at whyagain.org. If you go to that webpage and click on the link that says Start Here in the upper left-hand corner, it will take you to a page where you can download and read Chapter 24 of Dr. Michael Rice's book. His book is titled, Why Is This Happening to Me Again? And that chapter of that book contains a narrative description and explanation of the primary tool in this work. That tool is called the Reality Management Worksheet, sometimes called the Reality Management Wake-Up Sheet. And it's a tool I've been using to great effect for almost 19 years now to improve the quality of my life and most of my relationships. And to turn any negative emotional experience I have into part of the infallible guidance system that each and every one of us has been given. You can also go to your app store and type in the three words Heartland Aramaic Forgiveness. And if you choose to do that before you're done typing the word forgiveness, you'll see the glowing heart icon. If you choose to tap on that, it will let you download a completely free and private app that contains the Reality Management Worksheet. It contains an abbreviated version of that worksheet process. And it contains a copy of the Dragon Klingon game, which is a wonderful way to introduce these tools to even younger audiences. We hope people do all of that soon and often, primarily because it tends to improve the quality of people's lives the more they actively engage in the use of these tools. And secondarily, because... It tends to prompt comments, questions, answers, and testimonials. And if you have any of those that you're willing to share with us, we would appreciate you doing so by giving us a call at 563-999-3581. If you call that number and press 1 on your phone, it'll put the little icon of a hand by your phone number. I'll see that, turn on the microphone, and announce you by your area code. 
And if you choose to do that, we'll be even more grateful because it makes it far easier for us to live into our intention with this work when people let us know how these things are landing for them. How is it working for you when we choose to review a book or we choose to uh, invite somebody to a worksheet process or we have a monologues that's kind of um, grow that has grown from just the day-to-day life events that we experience. And so you can call and, and let let us know how, what's going on for you, and or you can send us an email. You can email me at tjh at mindshifters-academy.org, and you can email genie at j-e-a-n-i-e at yagain.org. That's w-h-y-a-g-a-i-n.org. And if you email, we will do our best to address your comment or question or testimonial on the air. And then as time allows, send you a notification letting you know the day and time that your comment was addressed and you can listen back to the archives for the input or the feedback. And as I mentioned, we are grateful to anybody who chooses to do that because it makes it far easier for us to be of service when we know how these things are landing for you and or what's making sense or what is challenging your current sensibilities or what how these Thoughts, these invitations, these questions, some might call them teachings, how they're resonating with you or not. Um, I'm I'm in the in the waves right now of grief. I have had some just a very powerful session that I just had with somebody and there was uh, deep processing of grief and becoming more and more aware of what are the things that we do to avoid feeling the grief, whether that is escaping into anger or rage or um Most people wouldn't call it an escape into fear, but am I generating intense fear? Am I generating a sense of confusion to avoid um, seeing, feeling, or processing the grief in the moment? And... um, So, that's... That's what's up for me right now. We've got a question or a comment. Area code 520. You're in the air. 
Thank you, Dr. Kim. This morning, I was very frustrated because I I feel I am in a lost generation. I'm going to be 82 years old. And uh, this Internet, um, the, I, a feeling of inadequacy, because I wanted to, I mean, the Internet is so full of information. But what good is the information if I can't access it? So, you know, I, I, I realized I was, I, I was just frustrated. I started to spin. And then I started, well, how, what do I do now? And then I realized, wait a minute. When I use the reality management tool, the worksheet, it usually I was triggered by a person. But this time, it was, I'd say, an event. It's my trigger was the um, Internet. And could you help me identify in the worksheet, in the book, I'm using Michael's book, whyagain.com. And it said, I seem to be upset because my trigger. And it said, write the name of the person placed in or event. It's the Internet. What happened? I was, I, I, see, because I am still in the spin my cognitive functions seem to be narrowed. What happens All right, so, is so, so what I you're asking for is help to, to frame out a worksheet? Thank you. Right? Yes. And, and, so, and so all you would do there is put the Internet, and yes. I, I, I can't find the information I need. Okay. All right. And B, this triggers my feelings of, is inadequacy a feeling or a No, that's thought? a thought. That's, you'll, you'll probably get more mileage if you say, my thought is I'm inadequate. And when, in this moment when I think I am inadequate, am I feeling sad? Am I feeling angry? Am I feeling angry. fearful? All right. Angry. So, so your, your emotion for this worksheet is anger. Okay, that's the emotion. And so what's, you know, the next big thing that you're going to need is, uh, depending upon whatever worksheet you're working on, (sighs) excuse me, a yawn. So the the worksheet you're working on, does it then ask for your punishment thought? Uh Uh-huh. After that, it says my thought. Uh, which causes the feeling is, and then it says, I want to punish by. Okay. But what what the, do the, I the, want the to thought, punish? Okay, but first, the thought is, I am inadequate. Yes. Right? I'm inadequate task, or I'm inadequate to, to cope with the Internet, or I'm inadequate, period, however it feels to you. That's your thought that you're using to generate the anger. And you want to write that in that form. And then the next thing is, 
you're and angry and you're God. right. You want to punish the internet. Well, what a lot of people have here are thoughts like, you know, I want to throw my computer out the window. I want to just, you know, log off and never log in again. I want to write an angry letter to, you know, Al Gore because he created the internet. That's tongue in cheek, but so right. so that's what it's asking you for there. And then perhaps even the more relevant part here is the next thing would be I want to punish myself. So how are you punishing yourself when you have the thought I'm inadequate? What are what are your punishment thoughts? on top of the thought that I'm inadequate. Well, there is a punishing thought, but actually I can't connect. I can connect it, connect with it, but then again, I can't. So it's well, in there someplace. Okay. Well, so my, my punishment thought in this case might be, I just have re- recurring thoughts that I must be stupid. Yep, that's it. Okay. Right on. All right, so then the next part of the worksheet would be, what's the goal? And remember, in these worksheets, we make them as as powerful as we can by making sure we keep it all lined up. And so when you, you choose the target, that your mind is telling you is causing your upset, in this case the Internet, the goal that that is most productive for you will be the goal for the Internet. So what is it that you want the Internet to do or be? And in this case, it's very it, it's easy, right? I want the Internet to be simple, easy to understand. Or easy yes. to use. Right. So you put that in the goal. You write that, that goal in whatever specific words you want to use. Yeah, I want the I want I I want it to be simple. I want it to be, and 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 I, I'm saying whatever words you want to use, because the words you select will have a certain energy resonance to what you have made this stuff mean in your mind, and it will open a different keyway when you cancel the goal. So if you say I want it to be simple, and that's all you put there, it'll open one doorway. If you say I want it to be easy. It may, you know, open a, a different doorway. If you say, I want it to be, um, you know, accessible, and you cancel that goal, it may open a different doorway. And if you load up two or three of them, I want this, the Internet, to be easy to understand, simple to use, and um, and. and and to provide me what I need. So if you load those three up, when you cancel that goal, it'll take you to a different place in your mind. So you get to choose what words you put 
in there to write out your goal? I want it to be simple. Okay. And then what's the next step in that worksheet? Okay, wait a minute. Um, Where am I? Um, Is it... did you See, did you write uh, in your goal? No, because uh, not yet. Because I because even the worksheets are starting to frustrate me. Because okay, the one so, I'm so just at, just just take a breath and, yeah. and and go back to the worksheet you're looking at and take a, a moment or two to find out where it says what is my goal or the the exact productive result that I want. Find that on the worksheet. It would come right after the punishment thought that you were just writing in. Um, okay, the punishment, right after the punishment thought, it said, punishment and blame are not my friends. I want to feel better. I let go of my feelings, 1B, 1C. I'm willing to be peaceful and happy. I choose to restore the condition of my love to my mind, of love to my mind. What I really want is, and then you said positive words only. I don't even see the word goal. Okay, but what I want is, this is the goal. What I want is... Positive words only. And this is is the Internet to be simple. That's just write that in there. Okay, I want the Internet to be simple. Okay. All right. And then what's the next step? I am not upset at this person, thing, or situation, but at a reality inside of me. If I'm in pain, I'm in error. Number eight, I take responsibility, not blame, for all my realities. Every reality in my mind is changeable. I I now choose to connect with love instead of my upset, and I breathe. Okay, nine. I cancel, let go, my need. Okay. Are you there? I am. I cancel and and let go of my need. Okay. To have it be simple? Yes, for the Internet to be simple. Okay. I ask for help. Okay, so I breathe. And mark where you are on the page. Okay. And now just go into a little meditation. Close your eyes. You know, I like to put my hand over my heart space. And just silently inside your own mind, listen along and and say what I'm going to say out loud. I cancel my need to be right. I cancel my need for anyone or anything to change, including myself. 
I specifically cancel my goal in this worksheet. I put my conscious, logical mind on the shelf for now. And I ask to be shown the hidden part of my own mind that's actually creating this upset. And then I just want to breathe and soften and put myself in the most open, allowing space I can and gently keep repeating, I cancel my need to be right. I cancel my need for anyone or anything to change, including myself. I specifically cancel my goal in this worksheet for the Internet to be simple. And I ask to be shown the hidden parts of my own mind that are actually creating this anger and this thought that I'm inadequate. And just breathe and soften and notice any thought that comes into your mind any physical sensation, any visual image, and just trust that anything that comes into your mind right now is going to be part of what you need to see to begin to heal here and move forward. And that it's all old stuff and that it can't hurt you any more than it already has. So just breathe and soften and allow it to be there as you study it up close as it washes over you. And stay with that, just breathing and gently saying, I cancel my need to be right, until you get a shift in energy and it seems to to soften or dissipate, or you get an insight from an earlier time in your life. If that happens, go there. Let yourself see it. Notice how old you are, where you are, who else is there, and what's happening. Or you realize, you know what, my thoughts are just going to spin and go nowhere. And when one of those three things has happened, take a nice, deep, cleansing breath and let it all go and scan your body and notice what is the strongest emotion you feel right now? Right now, I feel like I, I'm smiling. I don't okay. know if I've done it right, but there's what happens that is there, something there, 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 happens. There's no right or wrong, so just make a notation. And what's the next part of that worksheet? What does it ask you for or tell you to do? Wait a minute. Um, breathe. I ask for help. I now feel. All right. And, and here I would just put, I'm smiling. And if you yeah. have an awareness of a specific emotion with that smile, write that in there. Um, the smile? I feel happy. That's an emotion, right? That's right. That's an emotion. So, right, I feel happy. Okay. Okay. And then what's the next part of the worksheet? Okay. It says, I now, and I could see that I'm happy. And it says here, I join with love in you, 1A. 
and I'm willing to have. Oh, God. Okay. Um, I'm willing to have peace with you. Okay. I, I'm doing the best I can. And what else is on the worksheet? I join with love in you. And I'm willing to have. You know, Dr. Tim, have you ever had someone who's been working with a worksheet and gets so frustrated, they say to you, I have to pause in this worksheet. Because just doing the worksheet is creating more frustration in me. Okay. Well, that does happen from time to time. So just when you just did this little breathing and canceling the goal, and what, what came into your mind, if anything? When I was doing it? Yeah. The did same you thing. flashback to an like earlier I'm... time in your life? Did you oh, yeah. just, yeah. What, what was the earlier yeah, time in was, your life was, that you might have flashed back to? It was uh, a childhood um, parent parent figure. Oh, you can't do that. Do it my way. You don't understand. You don't understand. You're stupid. Okay. So if you breathe and soften right now and make some notes about that memory and being told by an apparent or an authority figure, you can't do this, you're stupid, do it my way. Make some notes about how old you were and what was the situation or the series of situations where that might have happened. And then here in the worksheet where it says, I'm willing to have, this is where you'd say, I'm willing to have peace, and so I'm going to do one, two, or three more worksheets on this childhood memory of being told I can't do it my way and I don't know what I'm doing to dismantle some more of that negative energy. And that would be the the the, the, um, the loving goal that you set moving forward. Okay. I will do that. And I thank you. And, you know, I, I think about Einstein's equation, the simple equation. E equals MC squared. It is so simple. And, and there's various forms of these worksheets. And the one that I'm looking at, and, you know, now granted, I'm in a spin, so who knows what I'm talking about. I think what I'm going to do from, I think what I'm going to do is go and find the child portion of it. Now, there's an app on the Internet to go to the child portion because I'm at a child's level. Now, well, that, and, 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 and not even, and and not even at a child's level, there are times when, um, 
you know, when I'm introducing this to people in my office, I show them a five-step worksheet that simply says anytime they're upset, identify an emotion that they're feeling, put an emotion word mm-hmm. on it. Step two, identify the thought they're using to create that emotion. Step three, identify the goal that's connected to that thought that's not getting met. And step four, say, I cancel this thought and this goal and ask to be shown the hidden part of my mind. And do that breathing and just relaxing and gently saying over and over again, I cancel my need to be right, etc. And then... When, when that's done, if you flash back to an earlier time in your life, I encourage people to make notes about that before it drifts away. And then the fifth step is to simply focus on a loving memory, recent or distant past memory. And that's the whole worksheet. Yes. Five okay. very direct steps. And I'll be happy to email that to you, and you can print it off and have it. And that in combination with the... Um, The forgiveness pattern, which is also something I can email to you. It's on the Internet as well. And that's what a lot of people use in my office when they're doing this work. It's very simple. It's very direct. And it's how they get the, the idea of mapping out what they're doing with their conscious logical mind in the first three steps and then canceling it in the fourth step and asking to be shown something else. I would be very appreciative of that. I I will email that to you after the show. Yes. I mean, I know this has worked. I know this works. And I know when I get into a spin, I need to be unless I'm working towards getting out of the spin, I will just keep spinning. And if this worksheet that you're going to send to me is simple, I would appreciate it. Simple work for me. Thank you. I will do that. You're welcome. Anything else we can support you with today? Uh, not at this time, because it's invaluable, these, uh, this process. Thank you. All right. Blessings. I will mute you so you can continue to listen. And I'll let everybody know we've got about 28, 29 minutes left. If anybody has any comments or questions about that worksheet process that we just did with Audrey, or your own comments and questions about anything you've been working on or wanting to work on that you don't quite know how to yet. I I like to remind us, all of us, that for a lot of years before I encountered work like Dr. Michael Rice's and then this work specifically, I labored under the belief that my emotions were being caused by people and things and situations outside of me. 
And so I would say things like, this is confusing. And I've learned from, you know, almost two decades now of a specific set of tools and the direct observation about how my emotions are only always and ever created inside of me by the dynamics around the interpretations I choose and then place on these outside events or these internal expressions. Now I understand that confusion is an emotion I create or an internal state I create to avoid looking at something I don't really want to look at. What is it I may not want to look at? Sometimes it's my intuition telling me, hey, Tim, it's time to hang in there with a difficult relationship and I just want to leave. Sometimes it's, hey, Tim, it's time to leave a a relationship and I don't really want to leave it because I don't want to pay the price. Sometimes it is, hey, Tim, it really is time for you to buckle down and do some difficult work, whether it's physical labor or emotional work, and I don't really want to do it. And in place of just acknowledging that I don't want to do it, generate the emotion of confusion and blame then that state I've generated, blame it on the outside circumstance. And it has been a tremendous benefit in my life to wake up to that, to realize it isn't anything on the outside that causes confusion in me. It's a state within me that's most often connected to my trying to avoid an insight, an intuition, an inner knowing. Some would call it a divine inspiration. So when people say, you know, I'm I'm getting overwhelmed or I'm too confused or it's too much for me now, I say, okay. And you might want to take a breath, take a, 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 a pause in the action here, and get centered and ask yourself, how are you creating that emotion of confusion or overwhelm? And be gentle with yourself because it rarely benefits me to, I should say, I'm not certain... I'm not certain it has ever benefited me to try to force myself to keep working on an issue in the same pattern of of my, my thoughts are going to sort this out for me. Whenever I have become aware of feeling confused or overwhelmed, it almost always benefits me to take a pause, take a rest, and turn the focus inside and ask myself, how am I creating this confusion or this feeling of overwhelm? And either doing some EFT tapping or doing a breath session and or doing a reality management worksheet. 
as the three early memories of conflict worksheet will tell me, will, will demonstrate to me, I'm probably experiencing something that I first downloaded into my awareness when I was much younger. And this feeling of confusion or hurt or overwhelm is probably a well-practiced pattern downloaded from somewhere in my single-digit years or my early double-digit years, and I've been replaying it ever since then, whenever the interpretation I chose for the moment's events was of the same frequency, a resonance of that overwhelm or that confusion or that negative emotion that I had first downloaded when I was much, much younger. And so that's another worksheet that's available on Dr. Michael Rice's website. It's called Three Early Memories of Conflict. And it, it's, it's the tool that goes along with the... Um, Healing Through Relationships to our DVD or lecture that he, he has done. And again, it's just one of a number of tools. The Reality Management Worksheet is the core tool. And this Healing Through Relationships is another wonderful tool that helps me first discover and then eventually map out how I am simply replaying patterns from my early life without being aware of it. And that that is quite often the process or dynamic I'm using to create whatever emotions I'm experiencing in the moment. So, you know, if I... Um, if I look at um, how I was saying at the beginning of this call or show today, that I'm sitting here with significant awareness of energy of grief. And it's just like right there, right, right below the surface, bubbled up. It was a big part of the session I had right before this show. And as I've mentioned couple times last week I I am working through the book titled Healing Through the Dark Emotions The Wisdom of Grief Fear and Despair and the author is Miriam Greenspan and I'm about halfway through the book and I, I was aware all through the weekend of being on the verge of tears or having some tears and feeling some deep grief about various things through my life, which is a fairly common experience for me when I go back through a book like this. When I leave myself open to the process and... 
I let the tears come and I breathe and soften. And this, of course, as you can tell from the title, it's not a light book. This is about how to deal with the darker, heavier emotions that for the most part in our culture, we are either explicitly taught to avoid dealing with or we see it modeled for us that people just don't talk about this. They don't express these. They don't allow other people to sit in these heavier or darker emotions. So as a result, most of us have either from our families of origin or our education and training and socialization, we have... um, we have adopted a position that says I'm bad or wrong or weak or stupid if I feel these too much or if I don't move on immediately after a loss or um, you might call it a failure. Um, Or, you know, there, there are certain stories in the book about, you know, trauma and, um, you know, physical trauma and incest. And so, like I said, it's not a a lighthearted book. And yet, the process of learning how to deal with these emotions is highly rewarding. Right. I mean, like it's it's like any hard uh, quote hard close quotes work that we choose to do, whether it's you know digging a ditch to reroute water away from the foundation of a house, which is a lot of hard work. Why would why would anybody do that for the benefit they'll get when it's finished? When it when you the accomplishment is in place in your life. The ditch forms the function to take the water away from the house. Well, why would I, you know, read a book or listen to a book that as I'm reading to it, I'm moved to tears on a regular basis? Well, because as I learn a process for allowing these the information in these emotional states that I experience to inform me about myself, my life, my relationships, um, the capacity of my heart to experience and work with different things, I reap the benefits when I'm done, when, when I've mastered these skills, when I now have a set of practices I can use in in future situations where um, fear or sadness or despair is the result of my interpretation of the life event. And the author talks about the idea of an alchemy. Most of us have heard the expression, the only way out is through. 
And in the process of going through whatever it is, I am transformed. This is a big part of the the Guy Finley story that we listened to in the last support group. There's a dragon maw. There's a, a, a wizard who has created this fiery dragon mouth with massive flaming teeth. It's basically just a big head with little arms and just... It just comes into people's dreams and terrorizes them. It shows up in the middle of the village that they're living in and it's blocking the path to the tower in which the princess has been kidnapped and hidden away. And all of the knights from surrounding territories are responding to the king's uh, invitation to come in rescue the princess he'd love it if they would kill the dragon too but he doesn't want to ask for too much and they all try and they all fail and they all try in all of these indirect ways let's sneak up on it let's drop in from above let's tunnel from underneath let's have somebody distracted from the left side and we'll charge the right side and nothing works and eventually there's this one our little hero our young prince has tried all of these things and gotten scorched and burned and bruised and beaten up and and eventually he's in in the place where the dragon maw has grown to be so large it's just constantly in his face no matter where he goes where he turns he can't even sleep and get rest from it it shows up in his dreams And he's completely beaten down and exhausted, and he's standing in a park, and he looks over to his left, and here's a, a, a white wizard, a good wizard. And the wizard says, I know how to beat the dragon. I know how to rescue the princess. To rescue the princess, you must enter the dragon. And the, the prince says, you must be crazy. And he he turns to point at the dragon maw. He says, have you seen how big this thing is? It's as big as a mountain fiery teeth I'm going to get crushed and burnt to a crisp and he turns back to the white wizard the white wizard's gone and he's left standing there with only this advice if you want to save the princess you have to enter the dragon so he's tried all of this stuff with all these shields and armor and swords and helmets and he finally decides, oh, the heck with it. And he strips all of the armor off and drops the shield and drops the sword and goes to march into the fiery dragon mouth. And he's terrified, but he, he, he can't do anything else. I mean, everywhere he turns, this thing shows up. And so in his terror, he steps forward, and it's hot, and he begins to get burned, and he says, you know, I might as well just put all this armor and shield and sword down because, you know, either something completely unimaginable hap- is going to happen, something I can't even begin to fathom is going to happen when I march into the dragon's mouth, or I'm just going to I'm going to be toast. I'm going to get burned to a crisp. And if I'm going to be toasted, who wants to be toasted in metal? So he throws off all the metal and the armor and puts down the shield and the sword, 
and he marches in, and it's hot, and he does start to get burned, and then his next step, it's magically, the, the dragon's mouth itself magically transforms from these fiery, chomping teeth into a pathway directly to the tower. No more obstacles. He's transported right to the tower, and he gets to rescue the princess. There's that mystical, magical, alchemical transformation. You know, in the physical world, they talk about alchemy as transforming lead into gold. In this work, we're talking about learning from, sitting with, breathing into, allowing, asking ourselves, how are we creating these negative emotions? And in that process, a fundamental change happens within us. We grow, we change by going through our emotions rather than trying to change them, learning from them, asking to be taught by them, canceling everything our mind is telling us about this and asking to be shown from a higher level of wisdom or integration. What is our lesson here? Opening ourselves to being willing to sit with the energies that are being generated around these emotions and knowing it's going to be okay. It's just energy. There's more for me to learn. If I'm in a negative emotional state, it's self-created. And when I become aware of how I've created it and I ask to be shown what's the message in this for me, I come out the other end transformed. And that's exactly what this woman is, Miriam, is talking about in the book Healing Through the Dark Emotions, Miriam Greenspan. The subtitle is The Wisdom of Grief, Fear, and Despair. And I'm about halfway through it, and I can recommend it to you, although I can also say, based on how we've been in our different support groups and on this Internet show for the past 12-plus years, that there will be some things that you read in that book that don't fit perfectly with the regulatory speech that Michael Rice would use. And yet there's still a lot of good, valuable stuff in here rooted in using our emotions as information. Having the courage to step into the awareness of the emotion, sitting with it, asking it to teach us, opening ourselves to be taught by life, by love, by the moment.
And if you're like me, if you read a book like this, you'll have a lot of emotions come up in the process. It will resonate for you emotions that you might have thought, oh, I thought I was done with that. And as we were talking to Magda about on the most recent occasion that we've reviewed this, it's my experience that every time I think I'm done with that or I've worked through that issue completely, that's a trap. As soon as I believe I'm done with something, I can, to good effect, pick up a worksheet process about that very issue that my mind was just trying to tell me I'm because as sure as I'm sitting here, my mind telling me, oh, Tim, you've already dealt with that, is an indication that my mind is trying to avoid dealing with a new level of that material, whatever it is. And I don't have to wait until it gets deeply triggered. I can use thought that, oh, I think I'm done with that, as the indication that there's more work to do. And to good effect, I can pick up that worksheet process and start the process before the next wave of you know, trauma and overwhelm hits. So our call-in number, we've got about six minutes left, 563-999-3581. There's all kinds of people on the call. All you have to do is call that number and press 1, and you can let us know how this is landing for you. How did it seem to you to have us step Audrey through a worksheet and have this talk about grief and or anything else we've talked about in the past 12 and a half years? 760, is this Anne? Yes, it is. Um, Welcome. So... This is things. It's landing perfectly. <laughs> um, I just want to thank Audrey for doing that or working her through that because I've had those same frustrations um, with the internet. <laughs> I wish we could go back to, um, you know, things without it. But anyway, yeah, so the next time I get frustrated, I will have that picture of you and her doing that worksheet. And that'll work. And then the other thing that's landing strongly is the grieving process because we're dealing with a a dog of my daughter's that may have to be put down. And I was just up there and got back, and I'm my body is kind of recovering from the trip because it's a six-hour trip, and I was up there longer than I'd planned, but I'm helping them out, and and she's it, it's like. I don't know if it's like a human because I hadn't had a human, you know, um, have exactly the situation that this dog is in with a injured leg but yet has a stroke because of negligence of, you know, this emergency vet thing or whatever. But um, she deserved a chance, I agree. And so now my daughter's on her way back up to Charlotte again to a day earlier than getting a CT scan. But I think the meds, I don't know. 
I, I'm just grieving it. I Yeah, and I just need to work through the grieving process to let go of let uh let go of wanting something different for my daughter <laughs> um she's got to do what she's got to do and gratefully she ended a project of the last company she's been working for so she's got the time to deal with this and i just need to let it happen <sighs> so anyway thank you um but I know what I need to do. I just need to do it to work through this today. So well, thank you. Um, I you know, it, it, let, let me just suggest slightly different words, right? Instead of working through this, following <laughs> this, learning okay. from yeah. yeah, yeah. Because in my mind, mm-hmm. when I say words like to work through this, I'm trying to be done with it. I know. You're right. And so that's what got triggered, right? I'm not done with it. And I've, and I've come up with those things recently of things that are coming to where I'm supposed to work at things at a deeper level because I thought I was done with them. So, yeah, you nailed it. Thank you. Yes, I need to be reminded of that. <laughs> okay. I will continue to allow this to happen. So thanks for the triggers as they're good and all the things that you do for us and with us. Blessings. All right. Thank you. Blessings. Mm -hmm. I'll mute you so you can listen to the second hour. And I'll thank you all for being here, and I'll remind us all that we come from love. We're made of the stuff we call love. We actually are love, and everything else is false. And whenever she's ready, I'll welcome Jeannie. Thank you, Dr. Tim. I appreciate it. You're welcome and deserving. Have a wonderful show. Thanks. So welcome, everybody, to the second hour of Mindshifters Radio. And today is Monday, July the 17th, 2023. And their call-in number is 563-999-3581. And press 1, and that puts you in queue to talk to us. And we'd love to hear your comments and questions because that makes this your show. While we're waiting on Michael to dial in, I'll just say we had an awesome uh, breath workshop on Saturday and Sunday. There were a total of eight of us uh, present and uh, several new people. And it was just a, a great time of processing and sharing and and even the introductions of, of the new people, it was just, it was phenomenal. So if you're interested in participating in that, it works great. Uh, we do the mind shifters, and then on Saturday we do the still point breathing and processing, and then on Sunday we have another, um, however long it takes to process again. So we do that on the third weekend of every month. Information on that is online, and I'll put it in the notes for today as well of how you can participate with that. You can also just get a hold of Michael or myself, and we'll give you the information you need. So I'm going to say welcome, Michael. Thank you, dear heart, and welcome, everybody. Excited that we're here. 
that we get to move forward. We had an awesome uh, Mind Shifters and Simple and Breathing uh, workshop this weekend. It was just fabulous and uh it was interesting, you know, we, on Saturday morning, we do the still point process, we do some processing, and then breathe, and uh, then Sunday, at 11 o'clock Eastern Time, we do a processing session. Well, before the show, or before the processing session on Sunday, I had some stuff start moving physically, and so before the, the session happened, I had time to stop and do a still point breathing session myself, and it was just... Uh, really sweet, really awesome, and open the space for a whole new piece of understanding in regard to how people get confused, especially on this thing of forgiveness. You know, for for 50 years, and, I, and I've actually had many people over the years who said, well, Michael, why don't you just change the word from forgiveness? You know, use a different word because nobody understands that forgiveness stuff you're teaching. It's like, well, but... You know, Vladimir Lenin, here's a guy who's probably responsible for more deaths, more murders on planet Earth than any human being in history, said the way you destroy a culture is change the meaning of its words. So I wasn't interested in supporting the the changed meaning of the word forgiveness, meaning that I'm going to let you off the hook for what's going on inside of me. And, uh, And, you know, keep moving forward with here's what, the word forgiveness actually means. It's a tool with which you go inside yourself and change the content of your own mind, the energetic patterns that are held in your physiology that are the cause of your diseases, your suffering, your poverty, or whatever's going on, and or are the cause, you know, holding to those things that are the cause of wellness, well-being, and aliveness. And uh, what what clarified for me after doing that still point session personally and then stepping I mean I literally Jeannie called me and you know a minute later we were on the call with the uh, with the group in the uh, in the workshop and the question came up about you know doing Ho'opono Ono as forgiveness and if you look at the principles as they're taught. Now, I don't believe that we're actually looking at the original Hawaiian principles the way that it's taught today because, you know, it's a fallacy to say I love you because love isn't something we can do to each other. It's a state of being. It's what we are. So when I say I love you, I, I'm, I'm totally and completely in a realm that my mind cannot comprehend or do anything with. Please forgive me. You know, like forgiveness isn't about you letting me off the hook or me letting you off the hook. There is no forgiveness of another. That's foolishness. Forgiveness is, oh, I have some sort of untoward energy inside of me, and I'm going to collapse my perception that verifies my untoward energy is justified, and I'm pointing it at you. It's how I go inside myself and remove that untoward energy. So each of the statements is a falsity. However, it is a high-level conversation compared to what most people are doing. Most people are doing hate and rage and fear and guilt and grief. So replacing that conversation with, I love you, please forgive me. What are the other statements? I love you, please forgive me. Um, I don't remember what the other two are. I'm sorry. Yeah. I, I mean, people who say I'm sorry become sorry people. We suggest you never say you're sorry to anybody. I, I remember the movie, and I never understood it until we developed uh, and created the, the apology tool. 
gee, if I'm off base and I do something that's totally out of line with truth and, and harmony in our relationship, then I want to own that. I want to apologize for that. And I want to speak about what I'm going to do with it in the future rather than tell you how sorry I am for doing this and getting your mind and my mind focused on whatever the this is, which is just a strong energetic vote for, I'm going to do this again. Whereas when I use the apology tool, gee, you know, I, I really apologize. I take responsibility for what I did. And in the future, here's what I'm going to do. Now I've got two minds joined in doing the highest and best possible. So each of the statements is very high level in the realm of what we would call the mind of men. You know, if you look in the scriptures, there's actually a, a, an interesting passage where, and, and this gets out of the religious realm. It's not religion. It's just, here's where you live. Here's how it works. So we, we see Yeshua come out of uh, the Garden of Gethsemane, and Peter's there with a sword, and he's going to protect Yeshua. And Yeshua directly calls Peter Satan. Not a very nice thing. <laughs> and he says, get thee behind me, Satan. And then he explains what he means. He says, for you think in the mind of man rather than the plan of God. What is the residence of, of what the world calls Satan? I'd offer it's the mind of men. And most men are trapped there. And I'm talking most of humanity. So Satan in Aramaic means the resistor, one who misleads. So Peter is trying to mislead the whole game. He's going to stop this experience that Yeshua has set up for himself. And Yeshua calls Peter Satan for doing it. He says, get thee behind me. For you think in the mind of man rather than the bigger plan. When we're stuck in the mind of man, we say things like, please forgive me, I'm sorry, blah, 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 blah. And again, that's a high-level conversation compared to hate and fear and rage and blame and guilt. But it's still not accurate in the actuality of this energy system. In the actuality of the energy system, forgiveness is the tool with which you collapse projected perceptions of blame. You access the untoward energy in yourself that's beneath that projection, and you process that energy out of your field. You free yourself from it. That's the process of forgiveness. So if I'm telling you how I'm going to forgive you or you should forgive me, again, High-level conversation in the mind of man, but it means nothing. It is totally and completely in error. particular case, when Yeshua is talking to Peter, he calls the plan of God. In, in the realm of the actuality of how this energy system works. And then I, what clicked for me was thinking about this conversation where Yeshua is talking to some of the disciples, and he speaks about those who would throw out the truth, those who have no clue of what's happening in the actuality. So they would deny functioning out of the actuality. And he says, those who are in that state, who would deny how things work and replace it with a lie, are called the least 
in the kingdom of heaven. Heaven, and, and the kingdom of heaven simply means in Aramaic the community of love. This isn't religious. Are you functioning out of a mind connected to love? Then you are literally in the kingdom of heaven. If you're not, you're in the mind of man. And so he says, if you've got a really high-level conversation going on in the mind of man, hey, you're doing pretty good, but you're the least in the kingdom. It's when you actually start to work with the actuality of how this energy system works, understanding the actuality of how your mind works and how to remove what never belonged, that you step up to the plate of what he called those who were higher in that so-called kingdom. Again, the, that word kingdom being the community of love. So where are you in the community of love? When, when stress happens, when the, when the stress is up and the chips are down, does your mind turn to it's God, hostility, fear, rage, guilt, grief, and blame? Then you would be called least in the kingdom. Do you automatically turn to love? Well, most of us, not yet. <laughs> However, with practice, you can get better and better where your mind jumps in with some form of satanic resistance. What's satanic resistance? Stuck in the mind of man, believing the stories told to you out of the past by carbon-based memory. It's not a religious state. It's not a dude with a red suit, a tail, and a pitchfork. So for me, that was like, oh, that was a nice opening, a, a major piece of the puzzle, a new insight to recognize that Yes, there are high-level conversations in the game of the mind of man, but they're still not the truth. And we need to get to the truth if we're going to really, truly function as human beings. And the path laid out for doing that in the ancient Aramaic language is so monumentally powerful, so phenomenal. And the beauty is that it works. That's all. It works. So that's the, uh, the, in a nutshell, that's what we're looking to do with these tools, to, to come into the, the understanding of what it takes to function out of the actual energy system rather than the realities generated out of carbon-based memory by the mind. Carbon-based memory being, you know, the fact that our, our, what we would call physiology, you know, if you walked into a chemist's office and said, hey, I want you to assess what my body's made of. What are the elements? The base element of your body is the carbon atom. Now, if you look at a carbon atom, you'll see that in each carbon atom, unless they've been manipulated, the basic standard carbon atom has six electrons, six protons, and six neutrons. Six, 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 that might be a familiar number. What was that called? The mark of the beast or the mark of the antichrist. What is, the, you know, the, the, the scriptures talk about the, the mind of Christ in you. What is that? It's not the mind of Yeshua. It's the mind that you have connected directly to love. This isn't theology. This isn't religion. It's that you're designed to live. Your highest life will come out of living in a mind that's connected to love. And so when that mind is active in you, the mind of man in you heals. Everything that you bring up out of carbon-based memory 
And when you think of the mind of love being the mind of Christ, what's the opposite of the mind of Christ? Well, obviously it would be the Antichrist. The Antichrist has a number. What is it? 666. Carbon-based memory. You know, if you look at people in a, a, a situation, a dozen people standing and watching an event, and let's say the event is one that everybody agrees is terrible and painful and horrible and awful, you'll notice that each one has a different terrible, painful, horrible, and awful. One, perhaps from their carbon-based memory, has fear come up, terror. Another has rage. Another has the need to run. In each case, carbon-based memory is feeding them a lie based in hostility or fear. And the idea is to collapse the mind's constructs called perception so that the mind of love in you, the mind, what was called the mind of Christ in you, is present when that which is less than love surfaces. And when it is, those things that start to surface dissolve. And you're freed from carbon-based memory. You're freed from the 666. And, you know, over the years, we've developed a whole series of tools for how to literally, really, truly achieve that in your life. There was a gentleman in the, uh, in the workshop yesterday that shared that his early life was one where his father was in and out of prison, alcoholic, very abusive, and a gangster. And, you know, he shared with us that his father trained him to be a gangster. And he eventually followed his father's path and became an alcoholic and ended up with a lot of difficulties in his life. And then stepped in about 20 years ago and started to do this work. He shared with us, and some of you might remember the day that he called in, and this is about 10 years ago now. This gentleman had spent two years at Heartland, and when he completed his, his um, service at Heartland, he was on the support team for two years. He was driving back to his home, and it was a long drive, so he stopped and spent the night. And here's a guy who, I mean, so much pain and so much trauma and so much turmoil that alcohol was his refuge. And he called the radio show that morning when he, you know, we were doing the show and he was getting ready to get back on the road. And he called in great delight and excitement and shared that for the first time in his life, literally, and it was about 50 years at that point, for the first time in 50 years, he woke up that morning and his physiology was filled with the presence of love. And he woke up without fear, without anxiety, without trepidation, without pain. And, you know, when you, when you see that kind of possibility, you recognize that each of us is capable, literally. I, I, I offer that we are designed to experience our lives with each cell in the structure being connected and expressing active present love. That's what we're designed for. Our physiology is designed to function on that. 
and most people function out of some sort of anxiety, fear, depression, pain, drama, or trauma, because that's the generational pattern of their family system and of their culture. You know, you look at this whole culture, and it's so, I mean, just look at what's, turn on the TV and just listen any day of the week to the, the even the people who are billionaires, or at least supposedly billionaires, and living the good life, are in such rage and crime and pain, literally screaming and raging at everybody, rotten, dirty, disgusting names for everybody in their life that won't agree with them. How does that happen? It happens when one has a physiological device filled with pain and trauma. And of course, there are so many people in our culture that carry that sort of stuff in their physiology, they're in resonance and jump up and support it like, yay, yeah, let's attack. That's what the world's made for. I have to attack my enemies. Well, that's one approach, I guess, but, you know, that's an approach that leads to war. If you listen to this guy, Yeshua, 2,000 years ago, if you actually believe what he said... He says the solution to the game is to shift your physiology over to where it functions on love. When you think of the creator, when you think of neighbor, and by so doing, you maintain your human life. We're here to awaken the human life in every person that we touch. Awake. And of course, you know, we've got some ragers I mean, people that, you know, it's been verified that they, in one case, uh, actually participated uh, in torture at Guantanamo. One person who's very up there on the chain right now that's out there expressing, expressing this rage. And there's a whole campaign going on against people who are awakened. Those who step into a space where they recognize that perhaps there's some unfairness that has gone on and is going on in our society, and it's time for correction. And in this particular case, uh, this particular man says, you come to my state, and that's where being awake comes to die. We're going to kill it. Book burning, the whole thing. I mean, it's it's crazy. And, And when we recognize that it comes from pain, It's time to acquire a set of tools with which to heal our pain and really, truly step up to the plate as human beings. Human beings have caring and compassion for each other, and attack is the last thing on their minds. If attack comes up in them, then they recognize that this is another opportunity to learn forgiveness. This is another opportunity to face something in carbon-based memory, the antichrist mind. And again, this is not about religion. This is just literally where we live. This is how it works. It isn't something for Sunday morning. It isn't something for church. And so to step into that space functioning out of conscious, active, present love. And, you know, as Michael Singer has been sharing us with us in the book that Jeannie's been reading for the last few weeks, conversation that goes on in our head that's based in pain is a, a fake conversation 
And we need to stop living out of it if that's what we've been doing. And we need to begin, begin correcting that conversation within us, correcting the who's in there with you. So in a nutshell, that's what we're here to do. And Ms. Jeannie, do we have anybody in the phone queue with a hand up or anybody in the chat room with a thought for us? We do have a couple of hands up. So the first one is awesome. Let's say hello. You're on the air. Who do we have? Hello, Katie. Wait. Oh, hi, Kamuna. Yes, that's me. Welcome, young lady. <laughs> hi. How you be? Thank you for calling me, young lady. <laughs> what did you say? I say, how do you be? You know, young lady, young man, that's my standard greeting because I believe we're all designed to be eternal and we need to stop buying into this fraud and this lie about aging. I mean, people will say to me, you know, Aria is four. People say, well, how old is she? And I'll say, she isn't. And they'll look at me like, what do you mean she isn't? Well, she's been circling the earth for four years, but no, she's not old. Why would we feed that into our minds? So, So you'll get that greeting from me pretty much every time. I, I appreciate it. I am eternal. Thank you. <laughs> I'm with you. Um, I'm with I'm you. Okay. I have a little bit of sore throat, but that's okay. Yeah, it's it'll it's not anyway. Um, yeah, you know, uh, one of the things I um um you know you know like the people that make lots of money, like you know, that seems to make a lot of those paper strips and coins. Right. um, And why why does it seem like some of the meanest or ones that are crying out for love the most get most of the paper strips and coins in the dream? (laughs) Like, well, well, I'm not sure that's really true. I mean, there are there's one, and I don't remember his name right now. One millionaire who uh, who did a YouTube video. I'm sure I could find it. Uh, where he's saying, you know, I'm a millionaire. I worked hard for my money, and I'm not paying enough in taxes. We, you need to tax me more. Now, other millionaires have said, well, go ahead, pay, give them more of your money. But his point isn't like he's never going to fill the hole of poverty with the money he makes. But he's saying, in general principle, we need to step into a space of more fairness. And I think there are a lot of people out there who have a lot of those paper strips that uh, that do want fairness and are willing to pay their fair share. But then again, there's this old thing called greed. It's survival. You know, usually they have a dynamic in their lives where their power person literally threatened their survival and their power person modeled that the solution, you know, the thing they were interested in was money. And so greed tends to take hold and until healing happens, that runs the show. Yeah. But there's certainly a lot of it going on. For sure. Thank you. And I join you in us holding the space for healing all of that. Yeah. Thank you. And and that everybody in the country, everybody on the globe has enough paper strips to take care of the needs of life and to live in a decent reasonable, comfortable manner, you know, when we when we recognize that that uh, lack of paper strips is one of the root causes of violence, then, and clean that one up, then we're going to get to play a different game. So that's what we're doing this work for, to create a different game. 
That's right. Thank you. All right. Well, with that sore throat, lots of lots of water. Look at the healing principles. You know, make sure. I don't know if you're familiar with different categories of food, but one of the categories of food is congesters, starches, potatoes, sugars, those sorts of things. White pasta, those sorts of things will tend to uh, exacerbate things like a sore throat or a healing crisis, whereas there's a whole category of foods called eliminators, things like fresh fruit, apples, you know, pears, those sorts of things. Bananas aren't a very good eliminator. They're kind of a congester, but uh, eating more more eliminators and uh, making sure there's lots of water uh, in the system, not at the same time as eating food, but uh, lots of water to flush that stuff out. The uh, healing process moves faster. Thank you. Yeah. I, I don't yeah. eat white pasta or sugar, really. I try to stay away. Awesome. Smart. I'll <laughs> send you, uh, Jamuna, I'll send you some files on uh, on healing crisis. We've done several shows around that topic, and uh, it'll, it'll maybe give you a, a different level of view of what happens when we become vital enough to start to process out some of that old stuff and it's not doctor feel good we become tend to become physically mentally emotionally uh locked into symptoms and that uh of course willingness is the cosmic grease that helps the symptoms to move through and truly move to that next level of vitality so i'll i'll text you a, a link to some of those shows where we talked about that thank you so much dr rice Thank you. You are welcome and deserving. That's right. Anything else on your mind? No. Um, the only thing that I was uh, kind of thinking in the back of my head is that after that one session, that's when the sore throat happens. So I know that stuff is moving out and like what you said, the healing crisis. Right. I know. Yeah. And it's uh, perfect. So, it's, yeah, exactly. I'm just really grateful. Well, that, one of the things that oh. that makes the for most people the healing process very unpopular is it isn't doctor feel good. You know, we have to face what's in there, and the eliminative organs have to process it out. And it just, you know, it's not necessarily pleasant. But uh, once one gets the hang of it and stands in willingness, it moves a whole lot faster, and it gets a whole lot easier. Cool. Thank you for holding this. Well, thank you for your call. Thank you. All right. Have a blessed one. Bye-bye. All right, Ms. Jeannie, you said we had a couple of hands up. Yes, and the next one is Ms. Susan, area code 610. You're on the air. Hi. Hi, Jeannie. Hey there. Welcome. Hi. How are you? (laughs) Oh, I'll tell you later. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) I wanted to ask you, you started off talking about some breathing you did. Yes. And I wanted to ask you to tell us again. I didn't understand what you were saying or I forgot it already or something. Okay. Well, you know, this weekend was a monthly Mind Shifters and Still Point Breathing Club. And on Saturday and Sunday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, we do a session. Saturday is the, the breathing session, and then Sunday mm-hmm. is a process session. 
so we did the right. Saturday session, and it was pretty powerful. You know, this gentleman I was just talking about shared a lot of what he'd been through. He had just joined it on a monthly basis. And I was actually out in the garden early yesterday morning with some things I needed to do, worked for a few hours, and then came in to do the um, the Mind Shifters and Still Point Breathing process session. And when I came in the house, I noticed I have a a marker in my body that tells me when there's something up for me that I'm not paying attention to, and that is there's a particular muscle. You've heard me talk about this before in the back of my neck that tightens up. Yeah. So yesterday morning I came in from the garden and bingo, I, I noticed that that muscle's tight. So I did a still point session just breathing by myself before the uh, the uh, workshop. Mm. And I went into some reverie-type processing. Not I, I was aware that it had to do for me personally with some anger and resentment, but it wasn't fully cognitive. It wasn't that I had a memory come up of something that happened yesterday or when I was two or, you know, something like that. It wasn't right. a, a cognitive type mm-hmm. of thing, but I just went into this processing space and uh, when I completed, uh, the muscle in my neck had relaxed. I had really had to concentrate my breathing into that part of my structure to get some energy to move there, to allow it to flow. And that's where, as I say, I went into some process stuff, but it wasn't, it wasn't cognitive. There were a couple of cognitive things that came up but I don't remember them they were like just you know high speed fast forward kind of still point stuff but stuff just moved and uh, and then when I went to do the the session it just felt like I was at a new level and that's where that insight came of of uh, the the least in the kingdom and the highest in the kingdom he was talking about People who had, you know, the, the, the question came up about Ho'oponopono in the class, yeah. and I hadn't, I, hadn't, you know, I've looked at it before, I've had conversation about it before, but I didn't understand at this level that that was a very high conversation in the mind of men. You know, again, speaking forgiveness, letting people off the hook, rather than speaking rage and murder toward them, is a, it's a pretty nice movement forward, but it still isn't right. the truth. And for me, that was just like a, a big insight to go, oh, even though that stuff is beneficial, it's not based in truth. And what we want to do oh. is get to the next level, and that is where it's actually based in truth. And the energy right. from the actuality is allowed awareness and entry and turning it over to that energy to run the system rather than a conversation about, you know, I love you, please forgive you, I'm sorry, which are all really, you know, tragic conversations in the context of truth, but high-level conversations in the context of people who live in rage and fear. Did that get to what you were looking for in in terms of detail or understanding? (laughs) Yes, thanks. I am looking for a couple of things. One is I get so much out of did somebody say something? Sorry, I thought I, I heard don't somebody think so. say something. Okay, I I get a lot out of the fact that both you and Dr. Tim 
if if anybody puts you on a pedestal, don't put me up there. I'm doing the work too. Then you give examples, like you were talking about having some anger, and then feeling a tightness in your neck. And sometimes those little personal stories are like uh, a little trap door opens. They help. They help me learn to have the stories. I love the stories. Um, but I and so I won't ask you about what the anger is about. I mean, you may or may not have known what that was, but even, and I find this to be true for myself, if I just realize this is, I'm feeling this, even just to say I'm feeling this, this is part of what's going on right now, has a healing effect, even if you don't do the whole Yeah, just being able to embrace it. Yeah. Right. And it wasn't cognitive. So, you know, I couldn't say I was yeah. angry at, you know, Harry or Mary or Hortense. There, there was no cognitive <laughs> connection right. with it. It was just there. Yeah. And, and you know, I'm, I'm really thankful for this muscle in my neck that always warns yeah. me when I'm not paying attention to something. You know, it's like, right. Michael, pay so attention or else you're going to hurt. Right. <laughs> yeah. I also wanted to say, when you say that if you want to really mess mess with a society, you change the meaning of their words. Meanings of words do morph over time, and not necessarily because some leader does it, but because, well, the most obvious one since this Gay Pride Month, or it was, is the word gay. The word gay has got a different meaning now, we don't use it right. in the sense of I feel like kicking up my heels and dance have a right. different meaning. And I wonder if the people who are suggesting that you find another word, I, they realize you're fighting a pretty tough battle. Because even though Jesus may have meant it the way you teach, and it's great if we could all get that, and I'm not even suggesting that you change anything, but just that it occurs to me that you really are fighting a hard row. You're rowing. <laughs> you're, you're holding a hard row. Yeah, tough, you do. tough row I'm to sure hold. Yep. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I've, I've had that brought to my attention many times over the last 40 years, and each time, you know, <laughs> I've bet. I've taken time and looked at it. And it's like. No, I'm going to stick to reestablishing the original definition of the word and mm-hmm. having people understand that because once people get a grasp of it and they start applying it and look back at that place where they have so much honor for the ancient scriptures in many cases, yeah. it opens just something that otherwise isn't going to open if I just called it, you know, something else. Right. It's got a history well, and I want to link the truth yeah. of it up to its actual history rather than the bastardization of it that's happened. Right. And I wouldn't be able to make a decent suggestion of a different word anyway. I'm just saying you're really, I'm acknowledging that you're fighting a a (laughs) profound battle here. It's hard. Yes, I I got it. I've I've been on that battlefield for a long time. (laughs) Right. Well, I have a couple of teeny reports and a request. I yes. haven't spent enough time on the whyagain.org to be able to find that particular three-hour Why Again talk that you mentioned I do 
I offer Jacob as, as a business deal. And right. the opportunity to offer that to him hasn't come up. And I, I'm waiting for the right moment, and it's going to be soon. But we had a very happy thing happen the other day, and I'll tell you about that in a second. But if you have a leak that's readily available and I can just use it, that would be great. Because I haven't found it. I keep finding all this juicy stuff, but it's – I went on your website and I just didn't find it. So. Right. Are you talking about well, the three-hour? The yeah. three-hour why. Yeah. Three hour. Okay. I'll, right. I'll send it to you, and I'll also put it in the notes for today. Thank you so much, Jeannie. How because cool I is that? I want to listen to it, too. Yeah, that is very cool. Jeannie with her um, – her capabilities. <laughs> She's always on it yeah. so powerfully. <laughs> I, am, I am so blessed, dear heart. I am so blessed. I know. You are. You didn't really yeah. know what you were getting when you went on that app to find a mate. That's right. That's right. God is so good. <laughs> but I bless I bless them all the time. Them. The people who run that, the site. Oh, yeah. Where Jeannie and I oh. met. Yeah. I don't e- blame you. com. Yes, it was. Uh, oh, wow. Yeah. It's been a major blessing for both of us. Oh, yeah. It's wonderful. So in a similar way, but not using an app, um, Jacob met a girl at school that really took a shine to him. And he hardly paid her any attention because when you're 21 years old and you're handsome yourself and talented and you're in the theater, the visual component of your life is a big part of how you present yourself. And this girl physically was not in that realm. She was no Barbie doll. She's overweight and not massively so, but and she, she just didn't pick up come onto her his radar. But she persisted right. and they became friends. And at one point they were spending a lot of time together. And he said to her, you know, I'm I'm really not up for a romantic relationship, but I'd like to be friends and she said, Great. That would be wonderful. She's like that. She just she's just allowing so much. Well, they've been together a long time. He finally sent me a picture of her. The picture was, thank you, Jeannie. I just got a text from you. <laughs> the picture was was complicated. She was facing the camera, taking a selfie for us to introduce herself to us and giving us the peace sign, but her face was complicated. It's like, it's as if she was right. saying, I know I'm, I'm no catch. I'm not beautiful. And it was kind of heartbreaking. And I greeted her back and I said, you know, Jake, tell me all the things you really like about her. And he said, well, it seems a miracle to me that she really gets me. I go into my rants and she listens and she doesn't cross them or correct me or anything. She'll say, oh, I really get that. I feel the same way too. Or whatever she says, there's no pressure on him to be any different than he is. Which is a right. lesson I've Question. been trying to learn in my whole life. What, Michael? Uh, you just you, a few sentences back, uh, you said something that I just wanted to check out, 
and that was that okay. that something outside of you is heartbreaking? Oh, get off it, Michael. Of course you're right. Okay. So. Well, you want me to get on it then, <laughs> right? <laughs> I know. Well, so I worksheet felt, on heartbreak. Felt, okay, I felt pain in my heart on her behalf. Yeah. And maybe, and and I'm not saying anything. You know, you're right. It it really, I really, in fact, I feel even emotional just talking about it. I want to say to her, it's okay. Great. You're so beautiful. Yeah. But anyway, I don't, I don't go, go out of my way to say those things. She'll, she'll probably feel they're kind of nuts. But anyway, he said, he said, Orb, I need my drum set. I need some clothes. I need to look through the junk I left at your house. She and I are going to drive to you if you'll have us. Um, uh, it's a five and a half hour drive each way. And I said we'd love to see you. So they arrived. She drove the whole way. He's five foot ten and big and wonderful girl, just wonderful, calm, appreciative, good listener, looks at him with great love in her eyes. She's not forcing anything anywhere. We had supper together. She thanked us. She helped us move stuff into the car, and they didn't stay overnight. They wanted to get back because he left his cat. But I thought, it's like your neck thing or your dating app, these are God's touches. And God is good. How did God find this girl for Jacob? And, you know, as Jacob and I were saying goodbye, I whispered to him, she's a real mensch, Jake. And he said, what's a mensch? And I said, it's a German word, meaning a super wonderful person. I don't know the exact translation. It probably isn't translatable. Right. But I'm hoping we can reinforce that because he has found more than his two brothers who have dated girls after girls after girls, he's found somebody really special. She's a graphic artist. That's awesome. She's talented. Yeah. And um, so I just wanted to say, so of course that was not the occasion to present a business deal with Jacob about listening to this. Of uh, course. Three-hour thing. But I do want to say to him, Jake, and I hope this isn't too dishonest because it's sort of partly a, a fake. I'm going to listen to this because there are some parts of it that I need to clarify, and I'd love to have somebody have a dialogue with me on it. And I'd like to hire you to be sort of my bouncer author of ideas. Would you listen to this? And I'll pay you, and we can have a conversation, or you can write an essay I didn't even want to strap him to the ground with an essay, although that's a brilliant idea. Right, I'd rather just, right. can we have a talk? So I wanted your blessing on this little plan. Well, I'd, I'd invite you to do a worksheet around dishonesty there. And okay. as you watch it, I'm going to offer that. Honestly, you're going to say there's some pieces that you will get and need to get that you could use support in understanding. I, I don't think that's a lie at all. We all could. I okay. watch it again, and I get new pieces okay. of understanding. <laughs> okay. So so I wouldn't think that it was dishonest. And when I hear you talking about Jacob and this young lady, my input is that um, you know we live in a culture where a big disadvantage for males, you know, we talk about a sexist society, but there's a yeah. real atrocity that is done to us as males, and we're told 
that we're supposed to have relationships with bodies. Yep. And that if the body isn't acceptable via mm-hmm. a certain standard, then that body needs to be rejected and thrown away. And we treat each other, if we come from that mindset, as property. Yeah. You know, we treat That's each other true. as objects. And, and you know, mm-hmm. we live in a culture that when you're finished with an object, you're supposed to throw it away. So relationships mm-hmm. become throwaway. And it sounds like Jacob is moving into relationship from a state of being into a relationship with a being rather than a body. And what a gift yeah. is that? Oh, my God. It's amazing. And he was funny. And he started ranting about politics. I mean, you think you're bad, Michael, and I know you are very bad sometimes. But Me? Is... No, I don't think I'm bad. <laughs> I think I'm pretty good. <laughs> well, you know, I'm not going to argue with that, but he, he looked into a rant. She look at me with this meaningful look, and I said, he's doing a rant, right? And she said, yep. And then she'll look at him and say, Jacob, <laughs> you're in your rant. Get off your soapbox. Enough. And he'll say, "Oh, sorry." And he'll he'll stop. <laughs> so he knows how to relate to him in the most gentle way. And um, I, I don't know. I just think this is God's work. And it's well, I think it's awesome of- that. Yeah, yeah, I think it's awesome that they're they're in relationship with each other as beings, and that's like. God, if he can get that at 20, ugh. Yeah, I know. What a lot of trouble he's being saved. Yeah. Oh, man, you're not kidding. <laughs> and keep reinforcing that with him so that he recognizes the brilliance of what he's doing, even if it's something that's kind of seemingly happening by accident. Yeah, I know. It's great. So, anyway, that's... That's my TV report, and I'm glad to get the link. I will get get the ball rolling with him. I may wait till he calls and asks for money, and I say, "Sure, I'll send you." But here's the deal: this is a business setup, and um, cool. We'll go. Yeah, it's a great idea. Well, it's so nice. It's so nice to hear that he showed up with. Uh, with this relationship budding and sweetness, and it sounds like it was a, like, you've been working for hmm, two years to get to a positive, loving, caring interaction with him from his end, and it sounds like you got it. Nice work. Thanks. Yeah, it's true, and I had another thought that just went out of my head along those lines. Maybe it'll come back. doesn't matter. Profound and powerful. Yeah. We can go from here. Um, Holding the space for it. Thank you. Cool. You gave me, or, or maybe it was Dr. Tim, because, man, last week, both of you, I had you working with me on something. Was it you who said, Cancel all the times I've wanted people to live as the presence of love. Do you recognize that? It doesn't matter, but that pretty much is it. I'm not Whether sure. you did it. Or, yeah. <clears throat> and, of course, 
the extension of that would be canceling the need for you to demand of yourself that you live of the presence of love is going to be an important worksheet. Toward others and toward myself. Amen. Yes, of course. All of the above. Okay. All right. Okay. Good. Well, um, you know, Dr. Tim worked with me and you've worked with me and I've got a couple of several pages of notes and the processing has been, it's like an octopus. Well, you use the word um, hydra. That's what it is. So I can't really talk very intelligently, but um, thanks for the all the input from both of you. Well, this is right on. I'm delighted that you're getting that you've stood in willingness and that you're getting to experience the fruit of your work and to watch the transformation of that young man in a period of just two years from the power person dynamic and the pain and trauma to where, and I'm not suggesting that he maybe is totally finished with all of that. There may be some other layers of that to come yet, but just to be able to step into this space where there's this caring, loving interaction with the woman, you know, with all that he's Mm -hmm. had pointed at you and pointed at his mother, that's awesome. Nice work, Orb. (laughs) Thank you, Michael. You are most welcome and most deserving. I mean, you've just your uh, willingness and movement toward healing is impeccable. It's bumpy. Okay. I understand. Okay, bumpy and peppable. <laughs> but you keep moving <laughs> yeah. forward. You know, you come up layer after layer, and and you just keep moving forward. And when, when you realize that what we're cleaning up is a multi-generational database that is so profoundly instant and powerful. I was watching a video last week on YouTube. I kind of keep an ear on the technology world. And they're now at the point where there are laws about and they're considering banning this new quantum computer that they've been developing. And a quantum computer does its computing on electrons. You know, it used to be that it was done on you know, magnetics and transistors and all of that. Now they're getting down to a power level where the example that was used was a scientist who was explaining it and the uh, computer scientist. And the example that he used was that the highest level Cray computers in the world, the really powerful ones, they feed a particular logarithm into it And it would take 10,000 years running 24-7, 365, 10,000 years for this giant Cray computer to solve that logarithm. Wow. And the new quantum computers will do that job in 200 seconds. God, and with AI and all the other stuff that's coming out? 
Well, that was blowing the, question, the mind. What's going to happen when the, what what's going to happen when these two get married? That was the question this scientist, this computer <laughs> scientist was uh, was speaking about. But my offering is that this quantum computer called carbon-based memory is more profound and more powerful than that. That literally in our genes is the memory of every thought, of every feeling, of every reality, of every drama, of every trauma, and every wonderful thing, not just in our lives or as the scriptures talk about, you know, the sins of the fathers are passed to three and four, not just four generations of lives, right? but literally the, the, the memory stored on, you know, maybe even further down than atoms, maybe on electrons, because it's quantum computing. They're talking about storing information on atoms, computing with atoms. Maybe it were, you know, maybe God had it all figured out to have it work on electrons, because literally, I mean, when you do the multiplication, when you start thinking these generational patterns, you go back, you know, we've talked about this many times, you go back just 30 generations and there are 1.6 billion lives. I mean, think about what you've been through individually, what I've been through, what Tim's been through, what each of us have been through in our lives, what Jeannie's been through. And then there are 1.6 billion in just 30 generations. Yeah. And it's, and it's, exponential from there that you know if mm-hmm. you go to 31 generations that doubles if you go uh, to 32 generations that result doubles and it doubles go back 50 100 generations and that's what's in us that's what carbon-based memory is re- is responding from right and that's what needs to be cleaned up so it's it's pretty amazing and it's pretty monumental that, you know, as as Richard says in the book, why is this happening to me again? It's like, it's amazing we're even alive. And the only way we could possibly come out the other side of that on the positive end is by remembering that we are not separate. We can't separately achieve all that. In a right. collective way, maybe we can. That's a wild hope. Yes. Well, as uh, as Einstein presents it to us, and he had this understanding of the quanta, he says, if you think you're separate or separated from the rest of humanity, you're living in an optical delusion. And we could add to that, you're living in the optical delusion of carbon-based memory, the antichrist mind in you, that is formulating pictures out of unresolved traumas when you're in pain, out of unresolved dramas and traumas from, you know, 100 billion, 200 billion, 500 billion lives in your bloodline. Mm-hmm. And that's the optical delusion we're stuck in. That this man, Yeshua, 2,000 years ago, knew exactly how to collapse the lies, how to collapse that construct of the mind, is... It's nothing short of miraculous. You know, when I look what it took for me working full-time with it, with the history, you know, with the, with the uh, yeah. training in, in theology, with the training in psychology, with the, uh, the training in electronics, when I look at it, it took me 35 years to comprehend, to be able to s- explain what happens when you use the forgiveness process. It's like, 
I, it boggles my mind. Yeah. You didn't mention nutrition. You did well, that yeah, too. that's another whole factor. Yes, that's another big piece of the puzzle. It's holism. It's the whole picture. You know, it's yeah. One of my doctors right. is in holistic philosophy. How does it all fit together? And until we bring this piece in of the quantum computer called carbon-based memory, 666, all kinds of, you know, all kinds of things are figured out by the non-being mind that seem to be pretty good. And it's so much of it's just garbage. Yeah. So it's amazing we're still around, and it's amazing, you know, when you look at the history of violence in our world, we're really, with still with all the crazy stuff going on, we're really a pretty peaceful society and culture when you look at the past, individually yeah. and collectively. Yeah, there's still yeah. all kinds of horrific abuse and crazy stuff going right. on, and family Good stuff, to be and, reminded you know, of that. Um, yeah. you know, trafficking, human trafficking, sexual abuse, that sort of thing. And yeah. if we look at history, we're moving along at a pretty good pace into the healing process, and I have great uh, confidence that we're on the cusp of critical mass that's going to bring the shift so. through the whole game because people like you say, I'm going to face it and I'm going to deal with it. And when I change it, when you or I or anyone that's doing their work, change it in their quantum mechanic device called a body-mind unit, they open the energy window for everybody else with the same issues to do it more easily and more easily and more easily. So it's pretty amazing. And the encouragement leaks in in spite of not having finished the work by a long shot there are perks that come in around the edges little twinkles uh like i was pursuing happiness as a thing it's not good to do that but if the work is done suddenly the joy leaks in there and you think whoa where did this come from and it may not stay but it's a, like a little signal. You're on the right track. Keep going. Yep. Till hard day shall done. Joy is the infallible sign of the awareness of the presence of God. Yeah. Happiness Which comes, comes from the dopamine hit we get from achieving a goal. To reach the joy space, you have to do the opposite. You have to start canceling goals. I was going to argue That's with you. You just said it. <laughs> exact opposite direction. Yeah. It's right. amazing. Mm. Most oh. amazing. So let's join in continuously asking to be taught from the actuality. What will mm-hmm. lift us up to the next level into that actuality and into that presence of joy that we're all designed for? So joining you in it. Thanks. And appreciating you and your process. Mm-hmm. All right, young lady. Well, the show's just about to cut us off, so I'm going to say thank you, everybody, for joining okay. us. Have the best year yet of your eternal life. It's an awesome gift to give the world. And blessings. Take care. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to Mind Shifters Radio. 
with Dr. Michael Rice and myself, Jeannie Rice, and Dr. Tim Hayes and Michelle Pichet as we present the First Century Aramaic Internal Process of Forgiveness. We are here for two hours every Monday through Friday from 12 noon to 2 o'clock Eastern Time on MindShifters Radio. For more information on Aramaic forgiveness, please visit www.whyagain.org. That's www.whyagain.org. 